scriptures teach us to run in the path of God's commands because it's there that our hearts are set free. We're doing a series right now entitled Freedom, Living a Life of Character, because we know that not all free choices lead to freedom. Some choices lead to, to slavery and addictions and bondage, but there's one choice that always leads to freedom, and that's doing the right thing. Doing the right thing, living a life of character, always leads us down the path of freedom. And over the last few weeks, we've been looking at different virtues, different character qualities like humility and generosity and honesty. And this week, we're going to look at the virtue of love. And I'd like to ask the Weens boys to come on up here, the two older ones, Jared and Tyler, to come on up here. And they're going to give us the definition of love as well as a, as a scripture verse related to love because our children are learning these virtues every month. Every week they come to church, they're learning a different virtue. And uh, they've learned this virtue of love. And I need the microphone right over there so I can make sure everybody can hear you. Uh, Jared and, and Tyler, uh, we're just so glad that you're part of our worship service and part of our church. And uh, who's going to give us the, the virtue of love? All right. Love. Choosing to give someone your time and friendship no matter what. Oh, that's just great. Let's just hear that again. Let's just hear that again. Yeah. Love. Choosing to give someone your time and friendship no matter what. That is just fantastic. Now, uh, Jared, uh, tell us what, what, what's the scriptural foundation for that virtue? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your strength, and with all your mind. This is the first commandment. The second commandment is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Matthew 22, 37-39. Let's give it up for these two young men. Our children are now dismissed. You can follow uh, Jared and Tyler out. Uh, we're, we, we bless you, children. We thank God for you. Pray that you'll continue to grow and, and, uh, and live lives of character, lives of freedom. So our children are dismissed to the children's ministry. This morning we have a very special guest, uh, a friend of mine uh, I've gotten to know over the last year or so. Uh, his name is Richard Coleman. He's the executive director of the Sanctuary Community Development Corporation, of which I am a board member. And uh, Richard's also served as a pastor in, in six different congregations, uh, mostly in the Midwest. Uh, he's a man of God. Uh, one little known fact about Richard is he, he started his career not as a, as a preacher, but as a baseball player. He was drafted out of high school to play professional baseball. Played for a couple of years with the Cincinnati Reds and, and then since the call to ministry. And followed that call after the advice and the counsel of a pastor. And uh, he's been ministering for, for decades. And uh, he's with us this morning to bring us the message of love. Uh, a do love uh, message that I think is going to bless us and continue to motivate us to, to live out this mission that we, we seek to, to live out here at Maple Grove Covenant Church. Go love live. So would you join me in welcoming Richard Coleman. <laughs> Good morning, family. It's a joy of being here. We thank God for Pastor Chad and for each of you for the praise and worship leaders who blessed us so wonderfully this morning to the heart of God. And, and um, we're just happy uh, in the Lord this morning, aren't we? I don't know about you, but it's just good to be here uh, today and uh, to share a word. Uh, visited the website, uh, just kind of get a little flavor before coming this morning of you know, what you're saying and what you're doing and how you're living out uh, the gospel. And, and, and your mission just caught me, you know. It's real, real simple, isn't it? Go 
love, and live. And uh, I think I think our sermon this morning, uh, I pray, will be a blessing to you as you live out that wonderful, clear mission. Um, you know, it's a lot that we can say, but when it's all said, and when it's all said, it's got to be done. <laughs> so pray with me. Um, I come from a little different uh, background. Uh, uh, before I get started, let me present my wife, introduce my wife, rather. <clears throat> Excuse me. My dear wife. And uh, sound crew, bear with me. I'm going to go get my water right there. I'm going to step in front of these. No, I'm not. I'll just stand right here. M- my wife, Pastor Mary Coleman. Would you stand, Mary? <laughs> And September 9th, we will be married 39 years. And God is, praise God. I robbed a cradle and didn't get arrested. (laughs) Is there a statute of limitations on that? (laughs) Okay, I'm still good. Well, God bless us with three daughters, nine grandchildren, and the firstborn grandson is named... Richard, and Richard is here, uh, also known as AJ. Stand up. My 13-year-old, six-footer. <laughs> Father, we give you thanks and praise you for this house of worship and house of prayer. This place of love and of devotion. This place of gathering and going. meeting and equipping and sending. Oh God, we thank you for the cross that is in this room reminding us of your your love and the height and depth and breadth of your love. God, as we now move into this preaching word, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. And Father, we pray for a miracle to happen in our lives. Each and every one of us in this room, Lord, is in need of a miracle. Some of us are aware of the need, others are not yet. We invite you to have your way. Open the eyes of our understanding, open our hearts to know the compassion of Christ more clearly, more deeply. Grant us faith and greater faith to know that we can go and we can love and live in Jesus' name. Amen. In every generation since the birth of the church, the Holy Spirit has continually worked to reform beliefs and behaviors of people to the Father's purpose as declared in John 3.16. That's a scripture I'm sure that we're all familiar with, that God loved the world so much. That he gave. 
Love will make you do something. It's only. It's only. But whoever believes in him should not die eternally, but live eternally. Through the cross, God, the ultimate concern of religion, demonstrates the ultimate value of religion. In this single act, all the volumes of the Hebraic prophets, the law, and holy writings are fulfilled. This single act is punctuated by Christ himself as he cries out from the cross with a loud voice, It is finished. In the end, it was not the oratory of Isaiah or John the Baptist, not even that of Jesus himself that demonstrated the ultimate value of religion. It was not the liturgy or rituals of the priests. No, Christ's punctuation did not conclude a wonderful philosophical statement about the good of religion. It did not close the executive summary of the perfect strategic plan, and it was not the amen to the most perfect theological construct. No. Jesus' words were a profound declarative statement that when we have thought our best thoughts, prayed our most fervent prayers, memorized scripture and taught our best lesson, preached our greatest sermon about love, there's something else beyond all of that. The Apostle Paul alluded to that in that 13th chapter, 1 Corinthians. With all that I do or can do, if I lack this one thing, means nothing. For Jesus, there's always something else beyond the words, the rituals, the traditions, and the good intentions of religion. You remember how he got in trouble with religious leaders. Your disciples are eating, going through the cornfield and gathering corn on the Sabbath day. You're healing on the Sabbath day. You're letting... A woman with an issue of blood touch you. You should know better. Even his own disciples wondered in their hearts, if he is all of that, why does he not know that that woman next to him is a prostitute? He drank wine with sinners. He ate with sinners even chose a tax collector to be a disciple there was always something beyond the traditions and the religion calling the religious leaders to go beyond words, rituals, traditions and creeds made them uncomfortable to the point that they rejected him 
thus fulfilling the prophecy of Isaiah 53 and 3. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, familiar with suffering like one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him not. From that cross, Jesus declares it's finished. Not from the mountainside where he preached, nor from the shore of Galilee or Genesaret, not from the plains, but from that hill. It's finished now. There. When out of love, he finally engaged the world's greatest need. And there on the cross, finally supplied that need with his greatest treasure. What greater love as anybody? that he would lay down his life for a friend. John teaches us so much about love. It was not that we were his friends that drove him to the sacrifice of love of himself but it was because of our need and desperation. Because of sin, every person's life was always an account payable by death. And the collector was ready to receive the souls of human beings into hell. But God loved. And as the resurrection of Jesus proves... Love overcame death. For our Father, because of his love, because he looked and saw us in need, because he did not withhold the treasure he possessed to meet the need, He addressed the need. The salvation of souls purchased by the greatest treasure the universe would ever have. By this act, this final act of doing love, doing love, This act of providing the perfect sacrificial lamb. Yeah. This teaching and much more in John's writings in the gospel and the epistles tell us or help us to understand what the Father has purposed for each of us, including our congregation today.
God's purpose is for people to receive the gift of Jesus Christ. To follow his word and love others as he has loved them. John writes about this in 1 John 3, 16 through 18. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. It was John who also recorded that great commandment passage. A new commandment I give you. That you love one another as I as I have loved you. There was a mystery about that. They had seen him wash the feet. They had seen him meet many needs. But they had yet to really see him do love. As he would do. But as he would do. Giving. Our treasure. Supply need. Is the greatest value of religion. And John also captures this in chapter 5 of, chapter 6 rather, of his gospel. And I'm going to just spend just a few minutes here on this couple of verses, 5 and 6. It really ties back to the epistle. How can you see? And not do. That's kind of a paraphrase. If you see and don't do, how can the love be in you? And if the love is not in you, you are in violation of the greatest commandment. Serious business to do love. And there's this wonderful story that all of the gospel writers tell of the fish and the loaves. Some variations, but essentially the same. And I love this passage recorded in John. And in there it says at verse 5, When Jesus looked up and saw. Can you see it? Great crowd. Coming toward him. He's coming toward him. He said to Philip, where are we going to buy food for these people to eat? He, the Bible says he asked this only to test him, to test Philip. 
for he already had in mind what he was going to do. That's NIV reading, the sixth verse. Jesus has no question of what he will do when he sees a need. Question is always, what do we do, isn't it? No, they were not needing a sermon at the moment. <laughs> Jesus discerns what we need. Isn't he wonderful? He's not afraid to see what we need. Because he already made the decision that I'm going to supply the need. Paul caught it. He said, my God shall supply all my need. According to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Oh, the blessings that are laid up in the storehouse because of Jesus Christ. And we have the key. Philip didn't realize he had the key. Hmm. <laughs> Here's a kid got some fish and loaves. But what are they? <laughs> that's what that's what um, Andrew said. It was good for him to step up, but with that stepping up is that question. Do I have enough? Why don't we just send them away? One, one writing says, just send them away, Jesus. Just send them away. Jesus says, no, you feed them. How can the love of God be in you if you see need and you deny yourself the freedom to respond in love? There's an acronym for love that I want to present briefly that I discovered in the text. I'm not the first one. Maybe you've seen it too. But in that passage there, I see L, Jesus looked. O, he recognized opportunity. V, he saw value. And E, he engaged. To do love, we must look, not be afraid to see, not to deny it, excuse it away, ignore it away. But to know that my God is able, there is no failure in God, nor is there any failure in the woman or man or person whose life is devoted and whose intent is to glorify Jesus. God will use you to do something wonderful for somebody. If you look, you'll see urgency. It's late. Look at state capitol. I have some legislators in the room. 
not about blue or red. I wore purple today. It's about that something else. It's not about me. It's about what I see. The need I see. People are in need in this room next to you. Alienated. We have the rich versus the poor. We have the Republican versus the Democrat. We have the black versus the white and the urban against the suburban. And we've got this and that and all of that. Do we see it? Do we see it? There's poverty, there's hopelessness. These sisters and, and the dear brother reporting from the Dominican Republic, what a wonderful thing it is to do love. To look and to see and not be afraid to see. Sister shared so beautifully the effect of love. I didn't know I would do this. The text shows that God's purpose for us is to not only see others, but to see ourselves as a part of others. Jesus said to them, you feed them. What are we going to do about this? Send them away. No, you take care of this. If you are my disciple, you must deny yourself. To the point of suffering. And if you're unworthy. You cannot be my disciple. Because the disciple follows me. Where I'm going. And I'm going to a place. <laughs> and the way you know. Lord we don't know the way. I am the way. Truth and the life. No one comes to the father but by me. Jesus saw opportunity. Love looks and sees opportunity to fulfill our purpose. Through eyes of love, we see our purpose. Through eyes of love, we see, not through eyes of greed or self-interest. We don't see our purpose that way. Eyes of love, Jesus saw his purpose. Father, let this cup pass from me. Oh, Father, if it is your will, I'll do it. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'll do it. Opportunity to fulfill our purpose. Opportunity requires bridging, getting out of our comfort zone to that place. Requires humility. Opportunity places demand on faith. The key, faith. Faith is the key. Faith. No one in this room is a healer. <laughs> but God in us is. God in us all is a healer and in him hallelujah
little becomes much. Bring me the loaves and the fish. Bring them to me. Your hands can only bring them to me. Your hands cannot feed the hungry adequately. You cannot solve all the problems of the city or the budget crisis or the debt ceiling crisis at the national level. You cannot resolve the conflicts in the world, the conflicts between Christianity and, and, and Islam and all. You can't do that. But if you bring to me your treasure, what is it that you have? It's an opportunity through the eyes of faith, through the eyes of love. Faith is not that the bread and fish are enough. Five loaves and a couple of fish are not enough. The faith is not in the fish. Faith is not in the money. Faith is not in my talent, my ability, my knowledge, my religion. Faith is not in my faith, but faith is in my God. I bring it to you, Jesus. I hasten on. The V, value, love, enables a fuller accounting of value. Enables us to see our purpose, but it also enables a fuller accounting of value. Love helps us to see value in others as we see value in ourselves. And it helps us to see value in what we possess. The woman put a penny in the treasury. No. She put a penny in the vessel that the rich people put tons of money in. Jesus said, look, see. She put more in the treasury. And say she put more in the vessel. She put more in the treasury. What you bring to God in earnest and sincerity. It's a penny, if it's five loaves, if it's two fish, if it's your song that God gave you to sing, if it's your talent that God gave you to use, if it's a message God gave you to share, if it's a prayer God gave you to pray, give it to the Lord in faith and know that it's not you, but God will work a miracle every time. Because that's who he is. He's love. And the E says that he engages. And it tells us to engage. It's not enough to look and to see and to see opportunity and to see value and to just write a book about it. It's a good thing to write a book. Wonderful thing to sing a song and preach a sermon about this. <sighs> but back at that cross, Jesus, after preaching his sermons, teaching Prophesying, healing, raising the dead, turning water to wine, walking on water, calming the storm, all sorts of, after all of that, he had to go to the cross and give it up. And when he had given it up, he said, it's finished. I did what I was to do. For us this morning, we close. You can do love. You can do love. God does not call us to do what he does. 
He does not call us to be God. (laughs) He knows we've got a penny. But with him, oh, there's that else. That's something else. That more that he takes. You've been sitting and wondering, can they use me in the ministry? Can I... Can my, will my testimony make a difference in that person's life? It's, the need is so great, I can't solve all the problems. I'll just ignore it and leave it alone. No, 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 no. When you've done it to the least, this one, brother. When you've done it to, to the least of my brother. This, this one, this one, the least. This one, the little one. When, 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 you, when you look at this little child in our midst. He says to his disciples and realizes this is the nature of the kingdom of heaven. I'm not concerned about the great and the powerful and the mighty and all of that. You can do and transform lives. We close this morning. Jesus looked out and saw. And he asked those who loved him. What are we going to do? Father, we thank you. You know what you're going to do. And you reveal to us, Lord, your character in these teachings, your purpose, and our creed and our affirmations. You bring us into this culture, into this environment of worship and faith, this community of people who love one another. We can only say thank you, Lord, because we could not have done this by ourselves. You have done something in our midst to bring us together. You've given a pastor over this house and leaders and elders. You've given all sorts of gifts, O God, and talents and treasures in this house. And I declare that there's more than enough. Thank you for that truth. And God, in faith now, we rise up and we say, Lord God, increase our faith to do love. The ways that you call us. Let our eyes, O Lord God, look and see the need, the urgency of the hour. Let us, oh God, realize the opportunity to extend your kingdom throughout the Twin Cities beginning right here now. And to value everything you give us and all of the people you bring us to. And to give us the courage and the faith, Lord, to engage to do love, Lord God, in Jesus' name. And Father God, we pray that when we have lived our lives, you can say for us, it's finished. Well done. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. And may you be moved by the power and love of God to do love, to love those around you. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior.
Amen.